What is up, Rowdy Radio, and how's it going? And welcome to one of the greatest sports days of the year, and really what is one of the greatest sports weeks of the entire year. But today is April 3rd, which means today is the MLB's opening day. And sure, we had, we had what, two or three games last night, uh, but that yeah. does not compare to what we have today. Today, all the teams are playing. Um, we are back in baseball season. But the reason I say, Michael, I want to hear your opinion on this real quick. Um, but the reason I say this is, to me, the greatest sports week of the year, because you have the Final Four games. So you have the Final Absolutely. Four and then the championship. Champion, championship tonight. You had the championship, championship tonight, tonight on Monday. You had the, the women's Final Four and, uh, and championship, which that Final Four turned out to be one of the wow crazy historic absolutely, absolutely historic which which you know you didn't expect women's basketball to make that big of a headline but it did and that was so awesome to see you of course had wrestlemania last night sunday night which was the grandest spectacle in all the land you have the masters absolutely. coming up at the end of the at the end of you know this week that's starting right now and not to MLB, mention or nba we, nba and nhl playoffs heating up we have playoffs we have that chase heating up and not to mention, as we just said, MLB opening weekend. Michael, do you agree with me that this is, I would say, the best sports week of the year? Bro, if it's not the best, it's definitely top two or three. I mean, you've got you've got all these different types of major events across a variety of different sports, and yeah. it's pretty interesting to watch. I mean, for a sports fan in itself, it doesn't get much better than a week. You've got men's and women's Final Four, MLB opening day, Masters, WrestleMania, you got last couple weeks in the or the NBA and NHL. I mean, everything's just heating up. Everything's happening real yeah, quick. It is. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, this summer is going to be huge. It really is. But anyways, we are – see, Michael and I – Oh, let me first off and say that. I will be in the driver's seat today. Michael is in the passenger seat today, and we are the only I would ones like to cranking call, it out today. I would like to call it a co-driver's seat. All right, like, that, I'd like that's to throw that out that's there. Fair enough. You know, I'm not, I'm not no passenger. All right, it's, it's. There's two wheels in the car. Yeah, okay. You might have fair. the one. You, you might have the wheel that like operates the car, and I might just be using the fake wheel, just like that the kids use Bro, or whatever. You and I, but are I'm on, still operating some of the wheel. You and I are on one of those tandem bicycles right now. That's what right. we're doing. We're on a tandem bicycle. <laughs> but if anyone didn't know, Michael and I have always had a dream of having our own sports radio show called the Rick and Wick Show. So we will just go ahead and claim that this is the first ever rick and wick show that has been in production emphasis or you know air quotes on production it's been in thought for it's been years in thought for a while for absolutely right. years so we'll go ahead and say this is the first one um but michael and i are two of the biggest rangers fans you will meet and so that is the purpose of the show today is to talk about your texas rangers we'll get into the al west a little bit uh we'll get into the mlb a little bit and then if you stick around to the end michael and i both watched wrestlemania last night we're both lifelong WWE fans, as, as I know, as great as that sounds. Um, but we will, we will give our thoughts on an incredible WrestleMania last night. Uh, you had The Undertaker retiring. You had uh, Lesnar beating Goldberg. You just had some incredible matches. Um, but, but, Michael, let's get into this Rangers talk very first and foremost. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and give you the opening lineup because it was just released okay. about an hour ago. The opening lineup for your Texas Rangers against the Cleveland Indians, correct? Yeah, the uh, reigning AL champs. The reigning AL champs. going to be a tough one, but I like that it's in, it's in uh, Arlington. So here you go, Michael. Batting first is the center fielder, Carlos Gomez. Batting second is the DH, Shinsu Chu. Batting third is the right fielder, Nomar Mazzara. 
Batting cleanup is the first baseman, Mike Napoli. Batting fifth uh, at second base, Rugnit Odor. Batting sixth is the catcher, Jonathan LaCroix. Batting seventh is the third baseman and young gun, Joey Gallo. Uh, batting eighth is the shortstop, Ellis Andrus. And batting ninth is the left fielder, Yurikson Profar, with our man, Yu okay. Darvish, on the mound. So, Michael, what, what stands out to you immediately just from looking at the opening day lineup? So what stands out to me, honestly, and this is this might be a little more of a glass half empty mindset than glass half full, okay. but I see three major bats last year missing. Okay. Yeah. I see Ian Desmond, Mitch Moreland, and Adrian Beltre. Who Mitch Moreland went to the Red Sox, Ian Desmond went to the Rockies, and Adrian Beltre is on the DL to start the season. But I see three major bats from last season missing, and immediately that concerns me. Immediately I think I'm like, all right, we're in a division that's. Um, projected to be pretty tough this year. You know, in years past, the AL West hasn't been the strongest, but Houston has finally, like, their young guns have finally, like, grown up. Yeah. And they're a real threat. Seattle's got players like Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz that are, you know, like, star players in the MLB. And so I just, I hope the Rangers, um, um, my immediate first impression of that opening day lineup is that I hope the Rangers have enough firepower to compete this season in a in a division that runs are going to be runs are going to be scored this year uh, yeah. at a pretty high rate, and I just you you hope guys you know we've been we've been talking about Yurikson for years now, and he's he's never quite panned out yet to what we thought he could be. Um, hopefully, he can do that. You've got uh, Joey Gallo, who uh, big power bat. You know he's got to work on his his uh, consistency and his contact. And then uh, one good thing I do like about the lineup though, Mike Napoli. Coming back, coming back uh, to Arlington, and you know he's a little older now, but he's still he's still a force uh, in the middle of the lineup to be reckoned with. So, uh, you know, there's there's positives and negatives, but it definitely looks like a lineup that, uh, you know, if we if we stay healthy, can can do some damage. Yeah. See, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of going to go in the same direction for you. It, the lineup doesn't jump off the map. It's not going to be turning any heads, especially nationally, especially you know people who don't cover the the Rangers. But this is not a, a lineup of scrubs. But what I see when I look at this lineup is I see a lot of unproven potential. So so let me let me mm-hmm. expand on that. Right. So you have Nomar Bazar who's coming off his or he's coming into his what junior season campaign, right? Yeah, I think so. But he had um. Had a really good first half, not so good of a second exactly. half last year. So, so with Nomar Mazzara, we have to see the improvement. Um, who else do we have? Oh. We have Joey Gallo, who, like you said, Joey Gallo can. Joey Gallo has potential to launch the ball to San Antonio from Arlington, right? He Absolutely. can just boom Absolutely. the ball, but the dude strikes out a lot. So, so that's it's, it's a it's a home run or a strikeout with him in the past couple of years, and we've got to we've got to get that fixed a little bit, right? So there's some unproven potential, and and the last one I want to mention is well, okay, Shin Su Chu, you know we Shin Shin, Shin Su Chu, excuse me, has been injured a lot, so so I'm excited to see what, what kind of season he has. Hopefully, he doesn't get injured, but again, that's that's some unproven potential. But the last guy you mentioned I want to talk about is Yurikson Profar. So, like you said, uh. You know, Yurikson has been on and off, but but the, especially the second half of last year, he he seemed like he was coming around. He was a great utility player, but the thing about Yurikson Profar was is that he was having very sporadic starts because he didn't have a true place in the lineup. He's great at mm-hmm. shortstop, but we have Elvis. He's great at second, but we have uh, Rugi. You know, he can play the out. I mean, we'll see how well he can play the outfield. He's starting at left field today, but 
Yurikson is coming off a fantastic World Baseball Classic, which to mm. me is a lot more impactful than if he had just, you know, if he had just had spring training, because we all know how spring training uh-huh. games go. And, and they, they seem mm. like they, to me, they remind me of something like busy work, you know, in school, right? They're just kind of there. They're, you know, they're not the most important thing in the world. Obviously, you know, coaches have a different opinion on it, but the world baseball classic is something that you cannot just, I mean, you got to go all out, right? And so you're to, 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 mm-hmm. you know, to me, to see Yurik's and Profar play well in, um, kind of in that uh, in that environment and in that setting, just it seemed like every game was a playoff-type game. That was very encouraging to me. Uh, but the other thing <laughs> I want to talk about is the the pitching rotation because the pitching rotation is we're, all over we're the starting, place right now. We're, st- we're starting with a four-man rotation to start the year. Yeah. Did you know that? We're starting – we're going with four men. We're going, we're going Darvish, Hamels, Perez, Griffin to start the year. No fifth starter. Right, and then who? So that's that's definitely something worth noting. Um, because I, I definitely I like, attribute that a lot to injury. I like the guys coming. You know, I like the guys we have hopefully coming up. So let me let me run through our our uh, our DL right now. So on the ten day DL, we have Adrian Beltre, pitcher Andrew Kashner, uh, catcher Brett Nicholas, who I have I've never heard of, and then right handed pitchers Tyson Ross and Tanner Shepherds. Tyson Ross is good. He was really good back in the day, but hopefully he still got some left in the tank, enough left in the tank. Yep. And Andrew Kashner, Andrew Kashner's, you know, he's all over the place. He's he's got some good games. You know, he had some bad spring training games. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. see him rounding out the rotation. I don't know about you. I I hope I would hope that Tyson Ross can come in and fill the rotation. Um, but that's just what I see. And then on the sixty day DL, uh, Jake Diekman, who had, God, he had like intestine surgery in the offseason do you know do you know what that oh, was jeez jeez that sounds right it said colon surgery yeah colon surgery that's that's that's, that's not okay rough. but uh and then chichi gonzalez and hopefully chichi gonzalez comes back too because i i see potential in him i know he's, he had some bad starts last year and, and granted you know a lot of people did but i do still like chichi gonzalez um in it but but so i i was i heard a or i was reading an article the other day uh, it's from a you know just a Dallas news site, and they were saying, game if if the Rangers somehow made it to Game Seven of the World Series, and and you could start either Darvish or Hamels, who would you go with? Who Darvish or Hamels? One game. Yeah. Uh, honestly, at this point, I would probably go with Cole Hamels, and it's only because of experience. That's the only reason I'd go with Cole Hamels, and. Uh, but honestly, like either one, I would be perfectly content with. To tell you the truth, yeah. I just think Darvish has had some had some games last year where Darvish, you know, is the type of pitcher for me. Um, he sees or he has those games where he's lights out. You know, he can he'll he'll go like seven eight innings, like three four hits no earned. You know, and you're like, dang, he's good. But then you see him like have some of those games where he gives up one or two in the first, maybe gets a little rattled. They tack on one or two more. He starts trying to try too hard to locate his pitches. Starts coming unnaturally to him, and he'll end up with like one of those like five innings, like five earned type games. You know what I mean? And yeah. so you, for me, uh, you is a little more. Cole had some bad games last year too, but you's got to be a little more consistent this year and make sure he doesn't get he doesn't get you know the jitters real quick if if someone puts one or two on him uh, yeah. quickly. Pitcher, I think that's really good about that, and this is obviously, you know, like 
this is like obviously comparing like someone who's really good, but like Clayton Kershaw, for example, like his worst inning last year was the first inning, right? His first, the first inning, his ERA was like way higher than any other inning. And like if Clayton Kershaw let up uh, one or two runs in the beginning of the game, like first or second inning, he was really good at like taking a deep breath like relaxing, like knowing it's not the end of the world and coming out and just blanking them yeah. for the rest of the game, you know? And I think you, if you can learn how to do that a little better, he certainly got the stuff to do it. I think it's a little more mental. Yeah. So let me, let me give you a quick tidbit about uh, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is making $33 million a year, correct? Actually, yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. He is currently, uh, maybe not currently right now, but today he will pitch against the San Diego Padres. So Clayton okay. Kershaw makes $33 million a year. Would you, just just being a reasonable guy, you would... You $33 would, million? Did you say that right? Yes. Let me... Jeez. $32 million. No, 32, you're right. Okay, 32. So, so no, being, 30, you know... Yeah, 33, 32, yeah, wow. So, so reasonably, right, you are going to think that uh, an opposing team, no matter who it is, their, their entire payroll is most likely going to be over 32, 33, correct? Just being a reasonable, you know, reasonable assumption. The it's I just read something. Uh, the Kershaw makes more than the entire Padres roster. Clayton Isn't Kershaw is pitching to the Padres today, making more per year than their entire roster. That's hilarious. That is sad. That is so sad by the San Diego Padres. Yeah, Are you telling me they couldn't spend any more money? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, they're not they're not going for it all or anything this year, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just that that to me that's that's something else. If you're spending twenty eight yeah. million dollars in your entire team, um, mm-hmm. okay. So let me go back to the roster real quick because I or not the roster but the lineup because um, I was looking at the lineup in detail and I would I you know for for what we have right now I'd say the lineup is good. Uh, the only thing I'm I'm really questioning is I. Th- I don't know if I would put Nomar Mazar in the three spot. If I could have absolutely my, not. If I could have my perfect lineup, I would still have Gomez at first. Uh, you know, I might actually put Rugi at first, but I like Gomez. He he let off there a lot last year, so I'm not, I'm fine with that. Shinsu Chu is fine at second. That's where he's best at. Why is Elvis Andrews who hit 300 last year batting eighth? Why uh, is he batting over Joey Gallo? You know what? I don't get. Here's here, like sorry. I just have to interject. Joey Gallo last year hit .040. That's yeah. four out of every 100 balls that he gets thrown, he put in play. That's horrend- – or he got a hit on. That's horrendous. Yeah. Elvis Andrews had the best offensive season of his entire career, and Bannister can't even put him higher than Joey Gallo? What is that about? I, I guess – Like I understand you want some pop or like some, some like consistency at the bottom of the lineup, but like I, I still don't get why a guy like that like eighth. You can't yeah. even put him like six. Yeah, and like you said, I guess I I would say the only reasonable explanation for that would be because you trust Elvis Andrus and you trust Yurikson Profar to a degree to get on base for the guys coming back up. So Carlos Gomez can can hit with guys on. So Shinsu Chu can hit with guys on. But I would put in my perfect world, I would, I would have Napoli at third, I'd have Rugi at fourth, and I would move Mazzara down to fifth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I don't I, I I have not seen enough of Mazzara, especially coming after a slump of last year's second half, and it's not like his numbers jumped out over over spring training or anything. Yeah, but I, yeah, no, I agree with that. Third third's definitely a little tough. Rugnet has proven himself as like a really solid power bat. Yes, 
Um, I think he's definitely another guy. I think that is misplaced in the lineup. To be honest, I really like the uh, the players in the opening day lineup for the Rangers. I don't think Bannister did the best job of where they're all at. Um, I don't like Jonathan Lucroy at six. I think that's a little low for him as well. I would have liked to see uh, my perfect lineup. I think personally would have been maybe Gomez one, Chu two, Odor three, Napoli four, Lucroy five, Mazzara six. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I, I, I just. See that. I think. I think you maybe bump Lucroy up from six to five. I mean, Lucroy's Lucroy a perennial three hundred hit. Yeah, Lucroy's Lucroy. a perennial three hundred three hundred hitter with pop. Um, I just don't see him. Uh, uh, at the sixth spot and Elvis at the eighth spot. Those are the two to me that stand out the most. Uh, I wouldn't have mind Gaio being at nine and Profar being at eight, something like that. But I just, I don't know. I, it definitely looks like to me like Banny's trying to uh, space out the lineup as opposed to really like have the good guys at the top of the lineup. You know, he doesn't want so an too. easy seven, eight, nine. I think so too. And let me, so let's, let's talk about, you know, let me give some facts about Luke Roy for a minute because I think a lot of people might not know who the heck he is, right? Because he came over in the middle of the year last year from Milwaukee. Uh, so let me give you some of his 2016 stats. Mm-hmm. He had uh, 143 at-bats, 24 homers, 67 runs, 81 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, batted 292, is a 284 for his career, uh, with a slugging of 500. I mean, he's he's got 3.8 wins above replacement, Uh Excuse me, he had 490 at-bats, 143 hits, 24 home runs. Um, but Lou Croy mm-hmm. is a established catcher. He is, a, he is exactly what the Rangers needed when they traded for him last year. A, because we had a lot of injuries in the catching department last year. There was a lot of trade-off between Chirinos yeah. and... Who was it? Chirinos and... I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Wilson, Bobby Wilson, or something yes, like yes, that. Yes, yes, Bobby Wilson. I saw Bobby that was, Wilson hit that was a grand slam in person that last year. That was one year. of our other catchers. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So now we just have Trinos and um, Lucroy. For me, Lucroy. Lucroy's a really good pickup. Lucroy's a, a solid offensive catcher. Uh, probably one of the better offensive catchers in the league. He's a decent defensive catcher. Um, he provides some consistency in the lineup. And uh, another thing I like about Lucroy is that he, he worked really l- well last year coming over in the middle of the season with our pitchers. Um, I think yeah. a full off season, a full spring training with those guys like Cole Hamels, you Darvish, uh, even the younger guys like Griffin Perez, who are um, less experienced and going to be uh, have a little bit tougher time probably than those, those first two. Uh, I think Lucroy getting a full like spring training and off season with them is going to be really good. Uh, I see him being essential to, uh, our rotation having success consistently moving forward. Um, and if he can bat, if he can continue to bat around that 300 mark, uh, I feel like that six spot might that he's starting in today might turn into a four or five spot. Yeah, I think he could too. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the players, but let's talk about kind of the expectations for the Rangers around the, you know, around the whole year. Um, let's give, let's both give, let's both give a number of wins. You think like record wise, what okay, are you, you what want, are you going to, you want me to give the over under first or you just want to, you just want yeah, to do an over, do, no, do, do over under do over. What's like the over under that like, okay, Vegas so, has got, um, bu- 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 do you know that the first over under win figures from a Nevada sports book. So Vegas have the Rangers at okay. drum roll, please. 86.5 wins. Okay. Okay. 
That's uh, that's uh, probably a perfect over under because right. I, I was, was going to give say. my prediction. My prediction for the Rangers this season was eighty seven and seventy five and a wild card. Okay. Um, I just see. I see that I see us going over 500. Uh, we're better than a 500 team, and we're. Uh, I think Jeff Bannister has proved himself as a good manager. Uh, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's in the upper echelon of managers yet in the league, but he's definitely uh, in the top half, if if not even top ten. He's he's de- he's a very good manager, and he he fits well with this Ranger team. Agreed. Uh, I I see us going over 500 due to the experience we have in our lineup. And uh, our ability, even with our lineup without Moreland, Desmond, and uh, when we get Beltre back, but right now without Beltre, uh, I still see us being able to put up six, seven runs certain games. Uh, those 75 losses, I mean, that's definitely not a like low amount. I, you know, our pitching is going to get – there's going to be a couple games where we get shelled. Uh, one of our guys like Chichi, Perez, Griffin going to go out there and have those three innings, seven earned games that are over from the start. Um, and that's just, you know, part of baseball when you play that many games, but I like the Rangers to win about 87 games. If about 86, five, I'd go with the over maybe 87, 88, 89, somewhere in that range. Um, we'll not win near as many one run games this year. I forgot our record, but we had like the best winning, uh, for any, for people who didn't know the Texas Rangers in 2016 had the best winning percentage in one-run games in MLB history, so to to want to to want to replicate that, you know, you just can't. You can't expect that. Uh, but yeah, we probably won't win as one. Uh, not going to win as many one-run games, and that's going to contribute to some losses. But yeah, I'm saying 87, 75, maybe for me. Last year, my- last year in one-run games, the record for the Rangers was. 36 and 11. That's fantastic. That's I mean, that's incredible. That's, that's over 75%. The Angels I mean, were 17 and 20 in one run games. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's literally like 75 plus percent of your one run games. Like you win and that, you one, know, that's two, in three, one run games. Four, five, to six, seven, eight of them were losing to start the ninth inning. Right. I mean, that's just that's right. miraculous, and I do think a lot of that is is on Bannister. I think he's a great guy. I think that I think the Rangers maybe most strong part of their team is their is their bullpen. So I think that contributes to it. But um, so going back to the going at, back to the win totals. So today mm-hmm. today I was listening to one hundred five point three The Fan, and they were uh, you know they were giving their whole tickets, Rangers tickets were, tickets better. That's that's for a that's for a separate podcast, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the fan. If you're if you're listening to this, I I hope you're impressed. But um, so when when they were giving their whole their whole rundown today, uh, RJ and Sean and the gang, I I declared before before the over under, I declared that my official win total for the year was 86 wins, yeah. and I'm seeing right here that it would that it's 86.5. So if it's 86.5 and I picked 86, I can't back out now. So I think. I think I'm taking the under, but like I don't want to say that yeah. in like a in like a condescending yeah. way. I don't want to say like 86.5. Like that's too. What's high. funny? Like, what's going, funny is we were you know, we were 70, one we were one win 80. apart. Yeah, we were one win apart, but at the same time, literally, uh, if that if that number was was just one lower, I would have taken the over. But I guess right now I have to take the under. But it but I'm it's not like a condescending under. It's not like a 
you know, like you said, it's not, or like I said earlier, it's not like 70, 75, 80. Like I am, I picked 86. I fully expect them to be around there. And I would not be surprised in the slightest if they, if they go over. And I certainly hope they go over. Um, but like you said, I'm, I'm expecting a wild card win. Um, I'm expecting us to, to be close behind, behind Houston, but I do think Houston's going to take the AL West. Um, I think that they're going to have it for the majority of the year. Man, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve, talk about middle infielders. Yeah, yeah. That's, My gosh, right. what a one-two. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that reminds me of, of Kinsler and Elvis in their primes and when, you know, back in 10 and 11 when, and, when and, we just and maybe had even, their maybe ferocious. Even better. Yeah. It may be even better. It, it probably is. Um, I do think Houston's going to be good, and we'll talk about Houston in a minute. Um, so clearly I don't think the Rangers are going to win the AL, AL West, unfortunately, but I do think a wild card will be in play. Um, and frankly, you know, I think, I think a, a playoff push, push can be made after that. Uh, but we'll get, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Uh, but for now I'm saying the Rangers will finish in second place. I would say within, within five games of the Astros. Yeah. Um, and I would yes. say a wild card berth for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but so let me get one you, thing. Yeah. One thing, one thing I wanted to say real quick, um, Maybe some people out there listening are thinking like, you know, well, y'all are both saying the Rangers are going to be around between that 85-90 win uh, range. Maybe some people are thinking, you know, um, what what would be the reasons the Rangers do worse than that or what would be the reasons the Rangers do better? Um, for me, like uh, we're saying around 85-90 wins, um, but they very well could go under 500. Uh, I'm sure Rick probably agrees with me on this one too. They very well could go under 500 if injuries start piling up. Mm-hmm. Um, if we get if we get a significant injury, maybe to one of our top guys in our rotation, let's say Cole Hamels, you Darvish, maybe lose them to like Tommy John or something like that. Um, that could be a reason we lose uh, more or we we win under like 85 games or so. Um, maybe one of our big power bats, such as an Odor. Uh, and like good field players, Odor, Andrews, Beltre, uh, Blue Croy gets like a torn ACL or something, um, a major injury or uh, a lot of little injuries that last the whole time can can really uh, hurt a team's chances. And then for us, uh, maybe winning over ninety games, I would say something um, something would have to happen along the lines of you got one of these guys like Profar or Gaio. Uh, Mazzara that comes out and has like a like a breakout season you know one of those seasons where yeah. uh, you see them as like a formidable threat uh, and not just like a filler guy you know you got a guy like Profar Mazzara hitting 300 making plays in the field um, if you get a season like that and our pitching stays consistent and healthy uh, the Rangers could very easily uh, eclipse the 90 win mark and uh but that's definitely going to depend on like i said health and uh some of these young players coming out and, and having pretty good seasons uh uh higher than our expectations yeah i'm going to kind of echo what you said there i'm going to say so last year the rangers went 95 and 67 um i think to get above 90 i think that a lot of things have to happen similar to they did last year uh, and the first thing i think of is close games i think that um, the Rangers have got to win a lot of close games. Not 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 the exact numbers that they did last year because I think that would be extremely difficult to you know to ever do again. That was just an, that was just a great part, um, you know, a great part of it. But I do think if if we want to go ninety, we got to win the close games. Now, when when I put my win total at eighty six, and when Michael puts us around his two, 
that's not us. You know, it's not like the, you know, it's not like we're the Cubs or something or the or the Red Sox and it's saying like, man, anything less than than like 80, 85 is like a complete failure. The Rangers could easily win 70 games. And I think we'll be sitting here at the end of the season going, you know, like, you know, that's that's not the biggest surprise in the world. There's a lot of, there, you know, there's a lot of unproven, a lot of unproven talent on the team right now. Uh, and if and if injuries stack up, if guys just aren't coming around and aren't developing like they should, you know the Rangers might have a down year. Um, so I think when we both put our win totals in, we're expecting some injuries. We're expecting some improvements from guys. Um, but I think the Rangers have potential to be a seventy win team. I think they have potential to be a ninety five win team like they did last year. Um, yep. It all just kind of depends on close games. It depends on injuries because baseball is one hundred and sixty two games. It is it is so hard to predict, you know, what is going to happen 162 games from now. It's not like the NBA where there's 82. It's not like the NBA or the NFL where it's what uh 16, correct? Yeah. So baseball is a completely different sport, complete different rodeo. Absolutely. Um but I guess that's our thoughts on the Rangers. On the Rangers. So so let's let's quickly move to the AL West. Uh, I'm going to give you the the over/unders for the other teams. Um, let's see, coming in, the Astros are at 87.5, which is kind of a surprise. Um, you know, the Rangers are very close to that. The Mariners... You want to do just, you want to just do like a quick over-under and a quick, like, go team by team real quick and just yeah. do over-under? Uh, yes, let's do I that. think Astros okay. at 87.5. Over, absolutely. Well over. That is, absolutely that is the over. easiest one in the division. Well over. I would agree. I would agree. They have, they have so much young talent that is finally just hitting yeah. their primes and, I mean, they, I watch out. I mean, we've, the Astros have sucked forever. I mean, yeah, they've, they been have. Trash. they've been trash and Houston has, Houston has really put up with a lot of, uh, piss poor Astro seasons, but, uh, with, a, been t- it, with a lot of good Ranger seasons I mean, in there I mean, too. They have I been mean, our baby right, exactly. brother that we've just pounded for years. They have. We, and even last season, I mean, we destroyed them. Yeah, we've we had are. that silver boot. We've had that silver boot, like I, 90% of the time, maybe in the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, a lot. That gives me so, hope, though, against the Astros is that, that we, we do have their number well, but we'll see how it all shakes out during this season. Absolutely. Okay, so for the Rangers, we already said that uh, you're going over, I'm going under. Um, barely under, though. I just want to, no, just want to keep that in there. Uh, the Mariners are at 85.5. Lower. I'd go I'm going to go also. under for them. The Angels and are it's, at. It's really just it's pitching inconsistency for the Mariners. Outside of Felix, I don't really know what kind of. Uh, consistency they have in their rotation. Their offense is really good, but they let up a lot of runs. Agreed. They're going to put up numbers, but they're also going to give up numbers at the same time. Um, the Angels are set at 76.5. See, that's a tough one because the Angels typically underperform. Who's their and, rotation? And I just... You know what? I'm going to go slightly over for the Angels. I'm going to go... I'm going to say the Angels maybe go you know, right around 500. I'm going to say... Just the Angels. Here's the thing with the Angels. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Okay, he hands is, down. He is amazing. Offensively, defensively, speed, power, leadership, whatever incredible. you want. I mean, incredible. He he's fantastic, and he has turned. I mean, I just at some point he has to like LeBron his team, if you will, and just like carry him. I mean, just I mean, baseball is you know uh, so much harder to do than like just like having like a LeBron James, but like you know he's got to be able to to give these angels like some sort of hope this season because for the past couple of years i mean remember that year they had trout Pujols, and hamilton and everyone was like oh my god the angels are going to the world series and they won like 70 something games they did not play like that well 
Like they, they just can't like, you know, they, he's, he's, Mike Trout's won the MVP in 2014 and 2016. Like he, he's amazing. Like he's got to be able to like carry his team. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. On that. Um, blah, blah, blah. and so, I hate, the, and I hate the angels. So God, I really I hope too. they fail. I, I hope it's under, but I'm going to go over. Okay. Um, man, I'm looking at their starting rotation. The rotation is Garrett Richards, Matt Schumacher, Ricky Nolasco, Jesse Chavez, Tyler Skaggs, Alex Meyer. Have you ever heard of any of them before? Are these angels? Are these angels? The angels That's rotation? the angels rotation. Wow. Wow. I've never heard of those players, and I feel like I know baseball relatively well. Garrett, so Garrett, for Richards, that reason, Garrett Richards is decent, but yeah. So I'm going to go under. I think they're very similar to the Mariners. I think they're going to put up runs, uh, but I think they're going to give up runs. They don't have you know Jared Weaver like he like they did in his prime, um, you know. So I, I, I'm going to go under, but I do think that the I do think that both of those teams could give the Rangers troubles. I do uh, because I feel like the. I feel like the Rangers are a balanced team, are more of a balanced team, whereas the Mariners and the Angels are the kinds that are very just bat heavy. Um, uh-huh. Let me see, what were they last year? They were seventy four and eighty eight. Um, yeah, so seventy six. Okay, I'm gonna go under. And then finally, the Oakland Athletics are at sixty six point five, below every other, every team in baseball other than San Diego. Man, so, Oakland essentially Oakland the second worst team. I'm gonna go. What was it? Sixty six. Sixty six and a half. Sixty six and a half. I'm gonna go over. They won um, sixty nine last year. I'll give them a little bit of credit. I'm gonna. Go I'm gonna say maybe. I'm gonna say, but they won about seventy games. I'll go. I'll go over just because I like the movie. The movie Moneyball. I like right. Green Bean. So I'll, I'll, give, the, the, I'll give. them a The, the A's are such an irrelevant team. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. So who do you have? Who do you have coming in? Who do you have going second and third behind, or third and fourth behind the behind the Rangers and the Astros between the Mariners and the Angels? I got the order of the division going Astros, Rangers, Mariners, Angels, uh, A's. And I would agree. I would agree. Michael and I don't agree on too much when it comes to sports, but I will, I will agree with him on right. that one. Um, okay, so let's, let's move into uh, to baseball as a whole. Um, okay, Michael, who do you think? Who do you think? We'll, we'll, do some, we'll do a little bit of trivia here. Give me who you think are the top four best odds to win the whole shebang, four teams. You want four teams? Yeah, I got four teams. Two of them. Two of them are are one and two, and then two of them are tied for third. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna name my four, and then I'm gonna do. I'm gonna name before that. I'm gonna name an honorable mention. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give an honorable mention to the Mets. I think they're a good. I think they're a good team. Their their rotation is just unbelievable. Yes, it is. They've got they've got Syndergaard. Uh, Degrom, Degrom, Matt Harvey. Yeah, uh, they're they're definitely their pitching is just outstanding. They have Tim Tebow uh, hanging out down there in the minors. I think too. I think the Mets. I think the Mets could make a serious run in the playoffs this year. Although they're not in my top four due to the fact that at number four I have the Nationals. The um, National. Do you do you want me to give you? Uh, do you want me to give you the rankings as you go as you start spitting out teams? What do you mean? Yeah, so, you can. Okay, so the yeah, Nationals. Can, the Nationals come in at fifth at fourteen to one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I have them fourth. They got them fifth. Um, the Nationals. Uh, Bryce Harper, probably the second best player in baseball right now. He just uh, he just went yard today, and I think maybe he, his second I mean, at he bat. Is, he's good. He he is just one of those players that is so fun to watch. You know, he, <sighs> he is tantalizing. He, he is just one of the. He's so like he he. You can tell he loves playing baseball, and he's just you know he's got that passion. He's got the fire. He's got swag. 
Max Scherzer also is just like arguably, uh, if it weren't for Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer would be the best pitcher in baseball, I think. But there's Clayton Kershaw, so uh, Who, who's their other big picture that pitcher they have? Um, oh gosh, um, if you give me like half a second, I can tell you. Oh, uh, they they have one more guy. Yeah, that's super good. Uh, Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg. Okay, that's it. I knew yeah, he's a young Strasburg. guy too. He needs to stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, Gio he's, Gonzalez he's good. is no joke either. Right, they, their top three is pretty solid. I like the Dodgers can be good too. I think, but I don't put them as like contending just because like I'm a little unsure on their pitching outside of Kershaw. Who? Um, I said the Dodgers, but okay. the Dodgers I don't have. I don't have them in uh, three at my number three spot. I have the Indians. Uh, I think they're really good. Again, they added Edwin Encarnacion, who's been. For the record, the biggest Ranger killer of all time. I mean, yep. he's just if I if I, I never don't know, had maybe to, maybe David Freeze. Maybe David Freeze is up there. If I never had to see if I never ever had to see Edwin Encarnacion's face ever again, I'd be totally okay with it. If I, mean, I never had good. to see the Toronto Blue Jays organization ever again, I, I would be right. content. I, I honestly part of me hopes you Darvish just Edward Encarnacion's first bat, at bat tonight for the Indians plunks you him. just plunks him. Yeah. I just I just hate him so much. Him and his him and his Bautista bat flip days. I yeah. mean, he he went to the Indians. Or for for sure, like an all-in move by Cleveland. They want it this year. Yeah, uh, they're they pissed off. Okay, so the uh, Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Indians come in at number two uh, in the okay. official rankings at eight I to have, one. I had them at three. Okay. Uh, at at two, I've got the Cubs. Okay. Uh, I think the Cubs are poised to have a repeat in in baseball. Repeating is so hard. It's so difficult. But I mean, you I mean you look you look offense and defense. I mean, you've got poor, or not poor. So you've got, uh, Arietta, you've got Hendricks, you've got Lester. Um, so you've got, you've got big power arms, uh, in your rotation that are consistently and proven consistently and, uh, constantly proven that they are, uh, going to be good, like solid pitchers. You know, I don't see any of them having an ERA much below like 3.5. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Schwarber healthy, uh, Rizzo, uh, Chris Bryant, uh, they, I mean, those three guys alone can make a huge difference in your lineup, but I mean, they've got some depth too as well. Uh, Javi Baez, guys like that who, uh, can really like hit the ball. So I don't know if I see the Cubs winning as many games this year, maybe like winning 98, 99. I don't know if they're going to get over a hundred again. Uh, but I definitely see them poised. At least I think the NL, uh, is a little more difficult. So that's why I don't have them at one. But I see them as a possibility for sure going okay. back. And the, the Cubs check in, uh, re- honestly, at, at number one at 11 to 2 odds in the books. Yeah. Yeah. And then number one, I've got the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Uh, I mentioned it. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I think I'm really high on Boston for some reason. Uh, Rick's not as high as I am. I really like Boston a lot because Boston added Chris Sale this offseason, who is uh, probably a top two pitcher in the AL, would you say? I mean, he. I mean, it's Chris Sale. He's fantastic. I mean, he's. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the best pitching is by far in the National League, which is funny because oh, yeah. National Leaguers yeah. have to hit. National League it pitchers is, have to hit, which I don't know. Absolutely. If you're a pitcher, I don't know why the why the unless you're Madison Bumgarner who can go out there and and drop two bombs on uh-huh. the first on opening night. Madison Bumgarner is just a different kind of ball player. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say Chris Sale's in the top two or three in the AL for sure. Yeah, the reason so, why I'm not um, high on the Red Sox is, you know, Michael and I were talking about this earlier, but they lost Big Poppy, and Big Poppy accounted for 
40 home runs last year. Not to mention, he is by far and away the emotional leader um, of that clubhouse. And so, well, I'm well, I'm not saying like, oh, Boston's going to suck this year. Like, Boston probably, most likely, is going to be in the ALCS, and there's no doubt about it that they're going to be contenders for the World Series. I just think, yeah. for me, they have something to prove. I think the 40 home runs is huge. Um, I don't think that a a ace pitcher was their biggest need. Granted, it never But they hurts. got it anyway. Yeah, granted, you're right. It, anyway. it never hurts when you had Chris Sale, especially a good price. Um, right. But let me give you I mean, let me give you some big name odds um, for the World Series. Um, so you got the Cubs checking at eleven to two, the Indians checking at, at uh, eight to one, the Red Sox and the Dodgers are tied at nine to one, the Nationals are at fourteen mm-hmm. to one, the Mets and the Astros are at eighteen to one, and then you have the St. Louis Cardinals, Texas Rangers, and Detroit Tigers all at thirty three to one. Michael, do you think yeah. you can name the the bottom two? Uh, the bottom two in the MLB of uh, World Series odds. Yep, I'm gonna go Atlanta and Oakland. Uh, neither on both. Atlanta. Wow. Atlanta's at 150 to one, and Oakland's at 130. To All one. right, give me one more guess. I'm gonna okay. go San Diego in there. San Diego is the second to last at 275 okay. to one. Okay. Uh, think exact opposite of the Cubs. Oh, uh, the exact opposite of the Cubs. Uh, oh, Barack it's, Obama. It's, uh, White Sox. Yes, the White, the White Sox, Sox are, are really. I think the White Sox. I didn't think the White Sox were that trash. I don't know why okay. they have them at three hundred to one. I don't know. But that's really that's really excessive to be honest. Yeah, um, but let me see. Surprise. Just look, kind of looking through everything. Surprise teams. Um, I'm with you. I think the I think the Mets are going to be good. We'll get into our World Series predictions in a sec before we before we move into our uh, WrestleMania segment. I think the Rockies could make some plays this year. Um, they have that one kid who's really good. Who's who's um Nolan uh something Arenciado or I don't know something like that. I think the Rockies are going to be all right. Um, I actually think the Braves can surprise some people. I, I like what the Braves are doing. Um, I think Dansby Swanson is a player, and I think he. Yeah. I think Dansby Swanson's going to win uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Really? Um, okay, I do. He's got um. Uh, he's got. Let me tell you the odds. You mean Dan's, you mean NL, NL player of the year? Dansby Swanson's yeah. got the best uh, odds to win NL Rookie of the Year at uh, three to one. Wow! So Hunter Renfro, how do I know that name? Hunter Renfro, what's that? I don't Hunter, know, bro. Hunter Renfro, I don't know. But uh, yeah, so that's so that's pretty much our MLB. Uh, Michael, do you have anything else to say before we get into our World yeah, Series we were predictions? Gonna, we were gonna do yeah, uh, yeah. Let's do the World Series predictions. It's pretty much. The last thing I got to say on all this, our final picks for who wins it all. Okay, you want to go first or me? Uh, you can go. You can go first. Infro. God, Lee, that name sounds so familiar. Okay, my World Series 2017 prediction is from the AL. Actually, I'll give, I'll give the ALCS and the NLCS. So in okay. the ALCS, I have the... Indians besting the b- 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 the Red Sox. I, okay. As I said earlier, I think the Red Sox are going to make it. I have the Indians besting the Red Sox. Isn't that what it was last year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was the Indians. Okay, so I got a re- so I got a repeat of the of the AL again. And the NL, I have the Mets beating the Chicago Cubs. I have the Indians Big. and the Mets. Uh, I just think come postseason time, mm-hmm. you know, pitching's huge. If I think I, I think that's some good pitching. So I have. 
the Indians and the Mets in the World Series, and I'm going to take the Cleveland Indians as my 2017 wow. World Series champions. I think by the end of this, <laughs> by the end of this podcast, though, I might change it to the Mets because at right. the end of this podcast is when I'm I'm officially going to finalize it. So up until then, uh, my until my then, vote my vote is subject to change. All right, I'll finalize mine right now. I'm looking, I'm looking directly at my Mets jersey in my room I'm right just, now. I'm just, I have a classic just, number 15 jersey, and it's really swaying my opinion. But I want to hear yours. I am going to just lock in hard with my, my final opinion right off the top. Okay. No changing. This is just – it's opening day. It's, it's time. i got to give it. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Red Sox over the Indians in the AL. Okay. Uh, I think the Cubs get back to the World Series – Cubs over the Nationals in the NL, and I think the Red Sox in seven games pull it out over wow. the Cubs this year. Big. Uh, I think the AL wins the All-Star game, and in turn, I think the Red Sox are going to have Game 7 at home, and uh, I think Boston gets uh, another championship, even though I really dislike uh, everything New England. Yes. I just, I'm so... Everything I'm, out today, of that area. Today during, today during the game, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady were literally running around chasing each other on the field. Like, it's just so obnoxious. Right. But um, not even 24 hours after Rob Ronkowski jumped the barrier, went into right. the WrestleMania ring during the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and speared right. some unknown dude, giving another unknown dude the victory. Right. Just, yeah. dude, dude lives a crazy life. Yeah. The dude, Gronk is, well, I'll say this. I mean, I don't like Gronk, but Gronk, I mean, he's a beast. He does everything. Gronk Gronk. He's yeah, Gronk's just Gronk. Um, but yeah, so I got Red Sox over Cubbies in Game Seven. Okay. And even though, even though obviously I'm like a big Cubs fan, so I don't want that. But I don't think the Cubs win two World Series in a row just because it doesn't happen often at all. But I think they're good enough to make it back. Yep. And if you're going AL, I think I'm gonna I'm going to officially switch and lock in my position to the Mets winning the World Series. There, M-E-T-S, there. Mets, Mets, Mets. Um, I also think that... Oh, I saw an odd today. Um, <laughs> here's the over-under for Tim Tebow's MLB home runs in his career. 0.5. Uh, are these like major league home runs? Yes. So either uh, he hits a home run or he does not. I'm taking the heavy under. <laughs> There's I'm, I'm no taking chance. the, the it, astronomical it, under. I would take I would take under zero point zero because to be honest I think it should count as a negative one that he's even still trying to like have this baseball career. Right. <laughs> like, does that count? Like, he just oh yeah, uh, heavy under on the zero point five on Tebow's home runs. And I'll I'll, I'll give another I'll give another zero point five over under. Uh, Tim Tebow's MLB regular season appearances zero point five over under. Under. I don't even know why I'm hesitating. Under, yeah, under. under in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Under. I have no idea why I hesitated there. There's no <laughs> way Tebow gets back to the MLB. Maybe, maybe not, even, the, not even back. There's no way he just gets there. The thing is, it's not like, you know, if, it, if he was playing for like the Padres and like it was like game 159 and like their team was like 60 and like 99 and like was terrible and like completely out of the playoff race and they wanted to give Tebow like a pinch hit. Yep. Like okay maybe, but the Mets are like a contending. Yeah, the good Mets. Team. The Mets are like you have them. You have them winning. You have them winning the World Series. Tebow's not playing for them. No, Tebow's not going to hop in the lineup. No, no, they're trying to win, and Tebow, <laughs> Tebow's not in there. But I will say, if Tebow does come out, I still have my Mets jersey is number fifteen. So technically, right. in a way, 
I have a Tim Tebow Mets jersey. Yeah, so you do. I, w- I would wear that, even though Tim Tebow's a rival. I would wear yep. it. I would definitely wear it. Well, do you have anything else uh, about baseball? I think that, that, was a, that was a pretty good rundown right there. Do you have anything else going baseball-wise? For, uh, and I, we all, we, Michael and I will obviously be checking in um, multiple, multiple times throughout the season. Um, you know, just getting things in check and, and talking about certain things that are going on. But right now for, our, for the Rowdy Radio season preview show, either the Rangers, the AL West, or the MLB, anything left to offer? Uh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to close it as, uh, the Rangers play at, uh, tonight, play tonight at six o'clock. I don't know exactly when Rick is going to be posting this podcast, probably sometime around then, hopefully. Um, it'll be before then. Might want to, might want to turn it on, uh, give it a, give it a peek. The Rangers, uh, they've traditionally played well on opening day. So, uh, it's a home game. You Darvish versus Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is a top three pitcher in the AL as well. Um, so it should be, it should be a really interesting game. Yeah, and I'd say, I'd say this too. If you if you're not into the Rangers, or if you're not if you're not into baseball, uh, the Rangers are a good team to get into. The Rangers are a fun team. The Rangers might have some of the most fun in baseball. If you look back a, a year or two ago, you know during the during the postseason run, they 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 have their, um, you know they they have like their themes and and all sorts of stuff, and they're they're a very fun team, and they represent the state of Texas very well. Um, they're always typically in contention one way or another. Um, they put up fights. They have a, you know, they have a. The fan base is fantastic. Um, obviously, saying that, you know, kind of biasly, but but also not really. Oh. Um, and if you want to see something cool, my my last tidbit of information um, for the Texas Rangers baseball season is Mike Napoli said in an interview that he is not going to shave his beard the entire season, 162 games. I want to see it. So if you're not watching baseball for anything else. Watch and follow Mike Napoli's beard because that man can grow a beard. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Game one sixty one, one sixty two in the beginning of October. Oh yeah, yeah you're gonna want to see that bad boy. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and you know what? I'd be willing to bet this too. If the Rangers make the playoffs, I bet he doesn't shave it then either. Absolutely not. You got to be a playoff beard. There's no, right. there's no way he would shave his beard to grow another playoff beard. I think exactly. he would just let that baby go. Anyways, so that about wraps up our, our season baseball uh, or our baseball season predictions kind of analysis overview. Take what you will from it. Um, but right now, for the last few minutes of the show, we are going to go and talk about some WWE WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania was uh, at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida last night. WrestleMania 33. Some incredible matches on the card. You had Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. You had Goldberg versus Lesnar, um, Triple H versus Seth Rollins, Chris Jericho versus, Ke- versus Kevin Owens, um, Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. You had Bailey defending her her Divas Championship in a fatal four-way elimination. You had a ginormous six-person match uh, between all the Divas from SmackDown. Um, Michael, Bro, can I just... Yes, I was going to say, what, I, how much did you enjoy WrestleMania last night? Bro, I'm just going to go out there... I'm going to throw out two things real quick. I'm going to say I'm going to rate WrestleMania out of 10. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, and I'll explain why it's an 8 later, um, yeah. a little later in this segment. Uh, I'm going to say, though, my favorite moment of all of uh, WrestleMania was, you know, you got you got those three tag teams standing in the ring, and New Day, New Day, starts, New Day the hosts, start talking about, like, oh, we've got one more tag team. It's a fair yeah, and you're like, what? And I go, New and Day? I'm, like, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't know who this could be. You know, I'm thinking like, 
I, my first prediction was New Day is going to take off their stuff and run in That's the That's what I thought it was going to be. So, so, and then, and then I, I hear, I hear the beginning of the song. I'm like, wait, I recognize this. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Matt and Jeff Hardy run out. The and I go, Hardy oh, boys. Gosh. I literally go. And so I, I start freaking out. I start screaming. I'm like, I'm like, they're winning it. I'm like, the Hardys, like they wouldn't bring them back to lose. Exactly. Like they wouldn't bring the Hardys back to lose. So I go, the Hardys are walking out here unexpectedly and winning it. And then like, I knew it was over when I saw the two uh, dudes <laughs> laying on the ladder. Yeah, they and weren't Jeff moving. Hardy, I go, I go, yep, Matt Hardy's going to grab the belt and Jeff Hardy's going to swanton bomb him straight on the ladder. Yeah. Like that's, that's absolutely what's going to happen. And it did. And it was just absolutely fantastic. And, and that, and that followed the twist of fate off the top of the ladder too by Matt the Hardy. Twist, the twist. The twist of fate off the top of the ladder was dirty. The twist Although of fate I, followed by the Swanton Bomb was just classic. I will, I will say the Swanton Bomb. The Swanton Bomb might be my favorite finisher in the WWE like ever. Yeah. So like, I mean, that off the top of the ladder onto two other dudes who are also laying on a ladder it was just like vintage Jeff Hardy from ten years ago when I watched when I was like what nine ten. Yeah. But um, man, dude, that that was awesome. I saw a tweet that was like, my um. My childhood returned and ended all in one night. Talking about the Hardy Boys returning, and talking and about Undertaker retiring, the oh. the retiring of the Undertaker, which which I think it's only fair right now. We take a quick moment of silence for the career of the Undertaker. All right, a quick moment of silence. So Undertaker went into this match at uh, I think he was twenty three and one, either twenty two and one, twenty two and one, or twenty three and one. But a lot of people thought that this was going to be his last match, and it was against Roman Reigns. And and what the WWE has been trying to do for so long was put Roman Reigns over the top. That's just what the WWE does. Um, you know, it's it's it, you know it's scripted. It, for all it's you an people, act. for all for all you people that don't know that are listening right now, right? And I'm gonna blow I'm gonna blow some people's minds here, right? I'm gonna do the dirty. WWE. Do dirty. WWE is not real. God, yes. the wrestling, the wrestling, and the the moves—they are fake. They're not real. It is all scripted. Yes. Okay. Sorry, yes. I just like broke some people's hearts. I know, dude. You you might have just this this podcast is probably gonna end up on Bleach Report, ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, everything. Right. Just completely breaking news, changing straight out of Rowdy Radio. Wrestling Breaking news straight out of Rapid Radio. Scripted. But so this was so so Undertaker went into this match against Roman Reigns. And you could tell during the match that Undertaker was not vintage Undertaker. But at the end, you know, from from just a momentum building uh Superman punch by Roman Reigns at the end, Undertaker lost. And he, he took he took, you know, his his classic jacket and his gloves and his classic hat. He laid the middle in the middle of the ring, in a walk out put of the back ring. On. Yes, he First he put his clothes back, back on just to take them off. That was awesome. That I don't even care. That was yeah, that awesome. Was like, that was like, um, that was great. But man, him him just walking off the stage, you could tell. You could tell so easily that that was it. And you know, you know, the, uh, Michael and I had a big debate about this last, not debate, but we had a big conversation about this last night. One of our good friends chipped into it uh, today, this afternoon. Um, but man, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, I think right now it doesn't matter how he went out. It doesn't matter. You know, the, at least for me, the match doesn't matter. The opponent doesn't matter right now. 
it's all about looking back at the legacy of the Undertaker, one of yeah. the most iconic figures in in world. What a great, what a great history. career. Yeah, what a, what a great, great career. I just, you know, my couple. The reason I said I would touch on why I thought WrestleMania was an eight. Yes. Um, I didn't love the way uh, it was handled last night. I already and I mentioned agree. this to you. I agree. I, I didn't. I already mentioned this to you earlier. Um, I think I think they really didn't do the best job of blending like the Roman Reigns. Like I'm going to be pissed off at Undertaker. Like this is my yard now. Like they and then they kind of like. They showed that like Roman Reigns is going to be like disrespectful at first to Undertaker, you know, and then like once he like beat him real badly, you know, he was like super super respectful and just walked off, you know. Like I I think they should have gone really either or. They should have let Roman's Reigns respect Undertaker from the jump, or they should have like made him just like gloat about it after he was done. Um, typically, wrestlers in big matches and the main event of WrestleMania is the epitome of a big match. Uh, it's probably the biggest match Roman Reigns will have ever, probably will ever have in his whole life was last night. And, um, you know, that's, wrestlers love to celebrate. And I mean, he, he pinned Undertaker, uh, you know, it was pretty obvious after, uh, I think it was a one final spear, Rick, was it a spear? Uh, um, it was the Superman punch where he, where he kept going back and forth off the ropes to build up momentum. Uh huh. And then, so he just, he pinned Undertaker. And um, that was that was it. And Romans just got up and he he politely walked out of the ring and uh, just let Undertaker lay there. Um, I really think I really think they, the WWE should have a little, done a little better of a job of like making the whole like acting part of it good. Um, I didn't love the way it was handled. I think Undertaker should have gone out with a little better showing. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they they proved their point that Undertaker was was so old and so done that he just got killed, but they should have given him a little more, I think at the end. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree, but you know, it's, and you know, he, the dude's 52 years old. So it, it really was incredible though, to watch his match, but I, I definitely agree. I thought the storyline could have been handled better. Um, you know, they've only been hyping up that match for a few weeks. I think, I think what would have been right. better was they, they hyped it up for a long time. Um, but I'm going to give a quick spoiler alert just cause I'm going to, you know, we're going to, we actually should have already done that. But uh, you know, I'm just gonna give a quick spoiler alert again for the for the rest of the show. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run through some of the biggest matches. Um, just kind of give the winner, and, and we'll you know we'll just say a sentence or two about them if if need be. Um, but so first and foremost, uh, kicking off WrestleMania was Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac, I should say, uh, versus AJ Styles, and what was a total street fight. And I thought an incredible way to kick off the show. It was fun. Oh, it was fantastic. It was exciting. It was fantastic. You know, Shane McMahon is the man who has no fear. So that was Shane a fun O'Max, one. Shane O'Mac's great. I, I think Styles deserved to win in the end, but yep. Shane O'Mac's always fun to watch. Yep. They're trying to push over AJ Styles, and I'm good with him. I like AJ Styles. Uh, next up was Chris Jericho and, and uh, Kevin Owens. I didn't, was, like, I didn't like that at all. I okay. thought that was terrible what did to watch. You, what did you like about it? Because Kevin Owens was the supervillain that used Chris Jericho, admittedly, to like be his friend so he could like basically become something and he like just just beats him you know like i don't know i think jericho i wanted jericho to like put him in his place or whatever and i think i think kevin owens beating chris jericho last night was the epitome of the wwe showing that they're going to do anything they can to push over their new stars even if it means disrespecting old greats yeah and i didn't really like that taker i didn't mind losing because like it was his time and he had to retire and all that but 
Chris Jericho, I mean, that was just pretty disrespectful to have Owens come up there and just beat the crap out of him when uh, Owens was painted as this huge supervillain that literally admitted to using Chris Jericho. I don't know. I didn't like that one. I really didn't. Yeah, I thought I thought a little bit of a slow. Uh, I, I I was okay with it. Um, I thought it, I thought it was fun. Um, I I see why you know that there's no real like there, there's no real incentive to have Jericho win, especially when it is like you said all about you know bringing up the new guys. Um, I thought that there was this to me. It kind of felt like there was this like kind of like intensity that was just building up and building up, and it just it never seemed to be paid off. Um, but nonetheless, Kevin Owens got the win and is now the WWE, uh, what is it, United States champion. Um, yeah, next so. up uh, was the fatal four-way elimination match uh, between the Divas. I didn't watch this one. I went, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I went on a food run. Yeah, Michael, did anything Bailey, big happen ba- here? Bailey, Bailey ended up winning. Uh, it, was, it was a bit of an interesting match. Apparently, Bailey and Sasha Banks were friends. Yes, yes, um, that is true. And and Bailey got like hit by Charlotte Flair or something like early in the match, and she literally was down for about five minutes. Wow. She was literally not in the picture. She was down. She wasn't near the ring while Sasha got the crap beat out of her by Charlotte Flair. And everyone's like wondering like, where's Bailey? Like, why is she not? And like, as soon as Sasha like basically gets like pinned or whatever, like all of a sudden Bailey appears again. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't very really, typical. I did see a video yeah. though of all three of them uh, uh, suplexing the uh, what is it Jax. Nia Jax off yeah, the top rope yeah. and then all covering yeah, was, her, which was funny. Yeah, that um, was pretty great. But anyway, so Bailey uh, Bailey wins via pinfall and she uh, she retained the women's title. Next up was the Fatal Four Way Ladder Match. We talked about that one already with the Hardy Boys coming in, which was one of the best things ever. Um, then you had the Miz and Maurice versus John Cena and Nikki Bella, which I texted the boy or I texted our, our group text and Michael was in it during the match and I was like before the match I was like guys, you know after watching the promo and like watching like the whole like you know why they're why they're fighting and everything and it was like you know the Miz was like oh you just want a ring and stuff like that I was like there's no way John Cena does not propose at at right. WrestleMania and and. You know, for me, that match was like Cena's been in some big WWE matches. Yeah. I mean, some big WrestleMania matches, like ones that have been main events, one that have that have had championships on the lines, one that have meant a lot. Uh, I didn't really like. I didn't really think too much of this match, to be honest. Uh, it felt more it, like a show. It was definitely more of like a, you know, we're both going to do the you can't see me. We're both going to give them the STF or I guess it's called the attitude adjustment now. Yes, excuse me. Everyone's so everyone's so uh, polite in this era. We can't even call it the real name anymore. Um, it's like, you know, it seemed like a lot more of a uh, like acting ploy. Yeah, it did. Really? For me, it, ju- it, it really just felt like a transitioner because it was after, a filler. after this it was a match, filler. After this match, a they needed a way to put John Cena in. I think they wanted to do the whole proposal thing because that had never happened before. Yeah. And but yeah. and after this match is when like everything got really extreme. Um, mm-hmm. What was funny though, Al Roker uh, from the Today Show doing his Rokerthon stuff. He came to Tennessee uh, last week. He was there doing the guest ring announcing. But then is where I think WrestleMania started to get really good. The next mm-hmm. match was Seth Rollins versus Triple H, and what Fantastic. I thought was the best story was the best storyline of the whole night. This whole redemption I, story that's been building up for like three or four years between yeah. Seth Rollins and Triple H. 
and I thought was an incredible match all the way around. Uh, I definitely think um, they went a little overboard with Triple H in the knee. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to beat Seth Rollins' knee, 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 knee. It was literally like, I made a comment at one point. I was like, it's literally like Triple H versus Seth Rollins' knee. Like, that's the match. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just, it is. It, the focus was so much on like, just like injuring, like re-injuring his knee. I think they should have done a little better job of like Triple H, you know, actually like destroying Rollins like himself. Yeah. But like, yeah. I'm happy Rollins ended up winning because like he fought better. Yeah, yeah. Triple and H, had, and, Triple and, H and, makes and it was a with, great and it was with And it was with a pedigree too. Yes, that, that was, was going to say pedigree. that. The that pedigree was, was awesome. Also, shout out to Stephanie McMahon for taking one for the team and going through a table. Right. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Always love seeing Stephanie go through tables. That's fantastic. That was great. Um, yeah, so Seth Rollins wins by pinfall um, after a vicious pedigree. So that was a fun one. Next up was uh, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, which was one of the weirdest matches I've ever seen. For the first time in WWE history, the ring changed. Like the ring was yeah. like, the ring projected like maggots and like worms yeah. crawling, crawling through mud and like leeches and it was disgusting and creepy and it was such a weird feeling match but in a way i think it worked at least for me i i um i at this point am kind of done with bray wyatt uh i, I think his his act bothers i me. think i think his act is enough at this point and he lost last night he lost his wwe championship and i think the wwe might be done with bray wyatt um i just you know, I, I get his whole like weird, like creepy persona, like like kind of a like an underworld type figure, you know. But like he's just, you know, his wrestling isn't really that entertaining. Yeah, it's and, really not. And here's and, and his my... act. And after his act last night, you can't get any bigger than his act last night. So his acting's not going to put him over. And I don't think his wrestling abilities are either. No. So I just. I think he might be on the way out. And I screenshotted some analysis of this match um, early this morning, and what it said was, Wyatt dropped an, a very underwhelming match, one that left the crowd dead and undercut Wyatt's momentum. And then they said, why is the WWE so insistent on removing this monster's fangs as soon as they start to grow long every time? Um, and I think underwhelming is the perfect word. I think Randy, you always know what Randy Orton's going to do. He's going to you know, slither around like an actual viper. He's going to go for like 50 RKOs a match and then eventually land like two or three. And, you know, if he wins, he, he, he lands them or whatever. Um, I thought, I thought, I thought Randy Orton was great. I thought the visual elements were great. I thought that was a very innovative and new thing. But like you said, I, I didn't love Bray Wyatt in it. Um, and I really am interested to see what kind of route they take him with. I was, um, I'm, I've been really confused about this whole like sister Abigail thing forever. Yeah, it's weird. Um, now this is the match coming up that, that I did not like. Um, I thought it was boring, but it was two really old guys. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Okay. Tell me why you, tell me why you loved it. And then I'll tell you why I didn't. I loved it. I thought it was so great. They both come out swinging for the fences. They both just, you suplex city, those spears, Goldberg. I mean, within a minute there was like people through tables. I mean, it came out so fast. It was so like. I don't know. It hit like you knew as soon as they like engaged that it was going down. Like, and the story, you know, Brock. I thought Goldberg, like the way they built up Brock, they might not like have Brock win, but Brock destroyed Goldberg. Yeah, I mean, he Brock he did. he wrecked him. And you know, it was you know Goldberg put up a, put up a fight in the beginning, but yeah, yeah I mean, good. I liked it. 
Yeah. And I also think I also hot take too. I also think Paul Heyman's really good for the WWE. Paul like Heyman was one of my favorite parts about WrestleMania last night. I love I love he Paul Heyman. He's awesome. He's he really fantastic. Is. But the reason I didn't the reason I didn't like the match and like you said it was a fun see it was a fun Came match. Out so quick. It it was very fast. It was pretty much all finishers. When Goldberg started off the match by throwing or by spearing Lesnar through the barricade, I was like I was all in. I was so good. But the thing that I didn't like about the match is I thought that the WWE completely disrespected Goldberg, and it felt like Goldberg did not do anything in that match besides that that initial spear. And what was I weird mean, was the story, you know, the Gold, Goldberg was just a weird story in general because he came back for like six months, and like the WrestleMania was like the big, big, big moment, like the sole reason they brought him back because they wanted to redo the, not redo, they want to continue the Goldberg-Brock Lesnar feud from like 12 to 15 years ago. And I get that. I think it was really cool. But if your whole story builds up to WrestleMania, and WrestleMania is the biggest moment, I just didn't think, I, I didn't think that it was justice to Goldberg to just let him get suplexed 12 times, get like three F5s or F9s or whatever you call it dropped on him, and then lose. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think they did a good job of respecting anyone, to be honest. I mean, they didn't respect yeah. Undertaker. They didn't respect um, uh, who else? Uh, Jericho. I mean, I just don't think I don't think at this point the WWE cares as much anymore about uh, respecting the old veterans, and I guess they care more about like putting new guys in, putting new guys over. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I didn't I didn't really like. Brock's important to the uh, WWE because yeah, he's a big, he big, big name and a big face, and they he they does need not to lose, right? So, and then lastly was the Undertaker's match, and and we 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 we've talked our, about yeah, that. We yeah, we gave our talks about that, but that was WrestleMania. And WrestleMania really is always fun. You know, we we're not diehard. We're not we're not we don't watch Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live at every night or every week and stuff. But uh, you know, tuning into the pay per views is always a blast, and and WrestleMania WrestleMania really seems like it never disappoints. Um, yeah, it's they're, they're definitely the, match, the matches are definitely the best uh, yeah. of the year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, but I think that that pretty much wraps up everything. We 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 hit everything we wanted to. We talked we talked Texas Rangers. We talked uh, a little bit of rival action in the AL West. We talked about the MLB overall. You know, we got our WrestleMania piece in. Um, yeah, quick per- quick pick quick pick Rick. Okay. Uh, cup couple like oh, quick picks. Yes, great. one. One, uh, who do you have winning the game tonight, national championship? I have uh, Gonzaga winning tonight. I think the okay. bigs are really good, and I think it's finally time for Gonzaga to shut up all the haters and all the people who hate on Gonzaga for being in this you know, mid-tier conference who doesn't play anyone well, who doesn't prepare him for a tournament. I think Gonzaga now, this year, proves their worth. And, of course, I'm picking UNC because I don't see them losing back-to-back national championships. I think Kennedy Meeks is one of the best big men in uh, college basketball. He absolutely dominated Oregon and was the only reason, I repeat, only reason they won. Uh, Um, Justin Jackson was a part of it, too. Okay, Uh, Kennedy Meeks was like 11 for 13 from the field with like 20-something points and like 10 rebounds. I mean, he was, or 11 rebounds. I mean, he, he he, he literally, he got the offensive board that saved the game. Absolutely. That saved the game. I mean, he was he was amazing. So I just don't see uh, I see Gonzaga putting up a fight and close, but I think in the end, uh, UNC is a more veteran team. They've been here before. Uh, they lost last year on a buzzer beater that nine times out of ten probably doesn't go in, and they should have won last year. Yep. They're hungry. Yep. They're hungry. They're mad. They're better coach, and I think they win a close one. This is what they've been working for for once an entire year. 
I think Gonzaga UNC is a fantastic matchup in the final. I really do. I do too. Gonzaga, I think it's going to be a really fun one. Gonzaga's never been there, but they've always been close. And then UNC after losing last year in a heartbreaker. So I think it'll be a really good game. Toss up for sure. You got Gonzaga at UNC. We'll see how it goes. Yep. And then um, who do you have winning the Masters? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go straight up with Golly. real quick with Dustin. I'm gonna go with Dustin Johnson. He's won like three of the last four tournaments, and he's like he's like the number one player in the world right now, and he drives the ball forever. He's the only thing that's bad about Dustin Johnson is his putting, and I think he's gonna like actually hit a couple putts that like this like Masters that are gonna mean something. I think he's gonna jump out to an early lead, and I think he's gonna be comfortable until the last day when someone gets within a couple strokes. But I don't think it's going to come down to the last hole. I think Dustin's going to probably win the Masters by two or three strokes, have a comfortable little lead, and make make the putts he needs to make to to hold on. That's me. Yeah, you definitely you definitely picked a good one there. Justin Justin Johnson is the favorite at a oh my goodness at a eleven to do odds eleven to two odds. Um, I'm going to go with golly, my sleeper is going to be Jason Day. I think he can okay. show up. Um, Absolutely, but my pick is going to be the hometown boy. I, I'm going to go. Jordan, I'm going to go Jordan Spieth. Man, uh, he really blew it last Masters. Hopefully, he, didn't do that he again. really blew it last Masters. That is true. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go Spieth. I'm going to go with the hometown okay. boy. He, uh, he plays. Choice. He plays well at Augusta. Um, it looks like he's the he's the second most favorite to win right now, which doesn't you know, which wasn't my opinion. I like Jordan Spieth regardless, but that's going to be my my pick. But but I, I have a lot more research to do on the Masters this week before uh, yep. before the whole thing kicks off. But that's going to be exciting. What a great way to end the best week in sports. What yeah, a great way. Absolutely, absolutely. So that'll be fun. Um, but I think until then, that is that is our show for today. Uh, I, I don't. I, I'm going to be honest, Michael. I think I think for uh, for a few years in the making, the uh, the Rick and Wick show part. You know, the very first ever Rick and Wick show was a, was a good one. I think it definitely was, it definitely was, was a good, good kickoff. It definitely was a good one. I def you know it's hilarious because we always take so long on these. It's like an hour, an hour, fifteen minutes, whatever we took on this one. Yeah. And I like I said, the only people who listen to the full thing are like probably like my mom, maybe my grandparents. But there's probably some people that have skipped forward to the end. So if you skip forward to the end to hear like the last five minutes, thanks for listening to whatever part you listen to. Yeah. That's fair. Because I understand if you don't want to listen to us, like go on and on about random crap forever. But right, yeah, yeah. I'm assuming some some people might have checked out during the WrestleMania segment. <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> so, was great though. Michael and I were texting about what we were going to talk about today, and I was like, "Dude, do you think we should throw in some WrestleMania in there?" And he was Absolutely. like, "He was like, yes, I think we should, but let's just let's just like be prepared that, uh, you know, not a lot of people care about it." And I was like, "That's no. a fair point." Yeah. No. But, no. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, so that wraps up our show, though. Um, so, like Michael said, hey, if you are, if you are, you know, if you listen to this or, if, or you know, whatever parts of it, uh, thank you so much for listening to it. That is, uh, that is why we do it. We're, we're so excited to come out here, um, you know, on these weeks and and uh, get to interact with these with each other and with the sports stuff. And it's such a great time. So this, My- uh, so this is getting posted uh, today. You will, if you're listening to this, uh, we recorded this today, tomorrow night. Um, we are going to put out a podcast that myself, Brady Isman, and Kyle Jones recorded last week. It was all about the Justice League trailer and the Spider-Man Homecoming trailers. Um, Kyle Kyle talks a lot about uh, kind of the DC extended universe 
uh, movie franchise. A um, lot of good talk in it. Uh, believe it or not, here's the tease. Uh, Zach Efron is uh, being eyed on to, to be in a DC movie role. So that's something to be wow. on the lookout for. That's big. Which is actually, you know, I would actually be down with it. You can listen to it tomorrow when it gets posted. Um, but Ratty Radio will be back next week. We'll be talking some kind of sports, some kind of movies, something going on. Um, but that will be happening next week. Michael, any uh, last words? Yeah, my final thought. I have one like sentence really, and it's just it's my bold prediction, but it's happening. Okay. Mike Glennon will win the MVP award this year. Mike Glennon, baby. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. Yeah, bro. And and Joshua Dobbs is gonna be the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Don't so. sleep on Mike Glennon, bro. Hey, don't don't sleep. I'm I'm personally I am in hibernation on Mike Glennon, but uh, I am not only sleeping. I am hibernating. Don't, but that's when, when, that's a story when, for when, a different day. We're going like we're going like fourteen and two, bro. The draft hasn't even started yet, and you're calling out Mike Glennon MVP, bro. It's just, I just got to tell I got to tell everyone until the time happens. Yeah, you got to. You heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, April, not March. April third. April third, twenty seventeen. Mike Glennon, MVP, yeah, we'll twenty seventeen NFL. It. We'll come back to it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today. Thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Adios.